0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of All Good in the Brotherhood podcast. Mm. As always, I am Brother Francisco, and joining with me, per usual, is my brother. Not per usual, however, is the brother who it is. Um. Uh, Today, we are not, in fact, uh, having Nate as the co-host, but it is our older brother, uh, Tom, who is with us today. Tom, how are you doing?
1: Good, bro. How's it going?
0: You know, not too bad. Uh, We're right now in Tom's basement. Mm-hmm. um so it's my kind of
1: cozy f- rustic work office basement
0: it kind of has a kind of a chill vibe in chill i mean cold my toes are kind of freezing <laughs> at the moment uh and uh like rustic charm is a good way of describing it mm-hmm. stress on the rustic um i would actually go more with like um psycho serial killer uh charm nice you know, like yeah. with the the creepy lights hanging from the ceiling yeah, um, kind of
1: the Stranger Things vibe yeah, we got going yeah, exactly. on a little bit. if my, a
0: Demogorgon came out of the wall, I wouldn't be surprised. It would be surprised. from my
1: basement. Yep. yep. So. Not only because I really like Stranger Things, but because this basement looks like it could be like Will Byers' home, you know?
0: There's literally a faucet that doesn't stop dripping
1: water. Uh, so,
0: like. Yep. That the classic drip, drip, drip of
1: like you know, a creepy person's basement, which we'll have to eliminate from the background noise. So, hopefully, you folks won't hear it. But, yeah. uh,
0: but if you do, um, just so you know, uh, like it's not blood dripping from the ceiling from like some meat that they're right. hanging up here or anything, it's just it it's could just, be, it could be okay. Well, then it's then, not, but it uh, could that, be. All right, well, episode's over then, <laughs> bye. Yeah, it's just okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, uh, Tom, um, so. Tell us a little bit about yourself. What are you doing these days? Uh, what's what's up with your life?
1: Cool. Yeah. Um, as as you well know, but for those folks who who don't, I'm uh, married to my lovely bride Johanna Whitaker. We've been married for close to four years now. We're almost on the same timeline that Brother Francisco is for uh, for his upcoming vows. So that's yep. a pretty exciting anniversary for for the Whitaker family. We have uh, two kids, uh, Earthside as I like to say. Um, so we uh, have uh, Gemma and Philip. Philip is two and a half. Gemma is 10 months. And then we have a little, uh, uh, a little uh, person up in heaven that we lost um, through, through miscarriage a, about a year and a half ago. But we still consider ourselves the parents of three little beautiful children, and uh, happily so. So yeah, and we're, we're here in Pittsburgh, PA, which is just about an hour from from where Sam is, brother Francisco, I always call him Sam. Probably always will. But uh, brother Francisco, for all of you who didn't didn't grow up uh, playing capture flag and Legos and listening to Adventures in Odyssey with him, but uh, yeah, we love Pittsburgh. Um, and uh, you know, I work uh, a job, and, and just about a half hour from here, I get to work. Sometimes remote here in in our creepy basement. My coworkers always say it looks like a hostage isis hostage basement um like they expect to see uh some flag behind me or something like that or me being like you know held captive or something but uh, one day you should just like lift up your hands with zip ties <laughs> and just like and then just like say like mouth
0: help me and help just see me. what happens <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah yeah that could work that could work they'd buy it too um they, they already feel I'm, I'm i'm pretty pretty tethered down to to the work so they probably think i live down here in the basement but yeah huh. And as you all have actually met Philip before,
0: um, he's. We thought the star of the show. Yeah, he's. uh, it was Nate and I when we were discussing uh, guests. We're like, we're like, oh, we should bring on a brother, and Nate's like, no, let's bring on a nephew instead. Classic Nate. Um, So I'm just gonna blame him for everything. Yeah, since he's not here to defend himself.
1: Sorry, Nate. Uh, Yeah, sorry, Um, not sorry. Yeah, we love you. Uh, We do love you and miss you out in California. Yeah. But we'll also blame you for all the things that uh, you're not around to defend yourself for. Ooh, that okay. So that brings me to a question I wanted to ask you before we get into today's topic. Cool. Um,
0: so a memory from childhood mm. that you have distinctly, but that seems to be contrary to how everyone else remembers the situation.
1: Oh well, that is, and this one involves you for sure. Oh, okay. um, the 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 infamous Swamp Boy incident. Um, Oh, so I oh, remember you have your that, own take on this. Well, I just remember that as being kind of the heroic older brother who 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 saved your butt getting through the swamp of of the Grove City uh, Hunter Farm Park. You led me into the swamp, but other people think I was at fault for said situation because <laughs> kind of were at fault. You literally like the shortest uh, distance between two points is a straight line. It is, Mister Math. I mean, it's it's the shortest. It wasn't like the hypotenuse or anything. You know, it was literally just like, well, let's go, let's go there. It's it's shorter, and we don't have to go the full arc of the path. But anyway, uh, for those who don't know the infamous Swamp Boy incident, it has its own title, by the way. Yeah. This is
0: like a big deal in our family. It really
1: is. I I still hear that nickname every now and then, but. Uh, yeah, it was a massive game of capture the flag with youth group, where uh, uh, I would have been—I don't know—maybe seventh or eighth grade. Sam was probably what third or fourth grade still. Then? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. So Sam was uh, the probably the youngest uh, fella at at uh, the uh, youth group event, but um, yeah, had to. Uh, he, he tagged along for the capture of the flag, and then everyone ran ahead, and we took a shortcut through a swamp, which turned out to be shortcut in distance, but not in time. Nope. And I lost a shoe. We almost died. I cried. Yeah. It was fair. It was fair.
0: But fair tears. It was providentially fitting to the theme of the night which was stay on the path
1: yeah so n- i didn't so do that tom became exhibit a <laughs> uh in the most unfortunate of ways sam and i came out of a swamp like with mud up to our you know knees and we were covered in burrs and you know everything it was it was pretty gross and pretty kinda, painful kind of it kind of sucked yeah it did um, so but yeah um yeah. i still think i was a hero well it's always nice <laughs> to
0: think about lies uh, for me for the uh this, at least, uh, a story that I think is poorly represented by at least one person in our family is our infamous women story. Oh, yeah. Um, so, uh, our sister, Sarah, claims lemon that cupcakes. at my ninth birthday, we, like, she had been mean to me in the morning, whatever, and then mom had given me, like, a lemon cupcake for breakfast, which... That alone, like, just must not be true. Mom would just never give us. Dessert <laughs> yeah, that's for not breakfast. a. That's not a classic. Uh, menu or item. lemon, like, yeah. like, okay, maybe like pancakes, but no, so, I've never. Uh, I don't think I've ever even heard of a lemon pancake. Um, but yeah, yeah, okay, okay, no, whatever. <laughs> Case in point. Anyways, so she swears that even though she'd been mean to me, I still turned to her after, when I was eating this cupcake and said, "Sarah, do you want some of my women cupcake?" Um. Spelled W-E-M-O-N for sure And by the way, she's arguing that this is when I'm like 9 or 10 I can concede that maybe I did this when I was 5 But at 9 or 10 I was not saying women still (laughs) Like some kid with a (laughs) lisp Um, but she swears, women. she still sa- says that lemon it cupcake. was women. So Sour. to the point where I actually got her a hoodie for her birthday last year. It's a dope that, hoodie. That on it has a lemon cupcake. with Just the question that says, would you like some of my lemon cupcake? Oh, yes. Um, so no one gets it but her. Uh, mm-hmm. Although Brother Bosco every now and then just comes up and asks if I want a lemon cupcake. As he should, because uh, he's a good brother. Yeah. So He should remind you of your past. So anyways, I asked that. <laughs> Uh, to yeah yeah thanks. <laughs> um, remember Sam is dead; he died. So like it's
1: Francisco. Well, it's only even more rich it's... because he's an actual he's an actual uh, Benedictine monk brother. So they, it's great that he's he's vicariously living uh, all of the Whitakers' adventures as well. It's true. Yeah. It's true. Anyway, so um, well anyway, so I asked that, and
0: it's kind of to we can segue into our topic. Um, so we have those memories that are kind of. At least we think we have uh, memories of them according to reality Uh and that other people are wrong. Yeah, good segue. Uh, um, So it seems that these days information is so readily available to us, Mm. but that maybe truth isn't. Mm. Um, So that the presentation of information is such that we believe that we're receiving more and more, but... Perhaps more information isn't more truth. Yeah. Um, So I know you've done your own work with this kind of stuff, which is why I wanted to have us talk about this today. So um, how is information being abused uh, in our society or used as a weapon um, in order to influence uh, our psyches, our consciousness, our consciences? Um, And I'll start by asking you for you to define two trigger words that i've heard about this Ah. that i don't necessarily know fully what they mean which are misinformation and disinformation oh
1: good ones yeah yeah we'll start we'll just start with there and i'll say that those are also two sub elements of kind of the larger issue that you talked about which is um what do we do with all the information that we have around us when you know we think it's democratized a lot of people trust that you know, social media and the internet democratizes information sharing, so that you or me can. Oh, hey, we see something happen. I'm gonna videotape it. I'm gonna, you know, tweet about it. I'm gonna do, you know, some sort of way of communicating it to the masses. And by doing that, we've made information actually more accurate than just mm. leaving it to the people who can say write newspapers, textbooks, etc. But really, that's not that's not quite the case. In fact, it just it just magnifies, amplifies the the same issue. Just giving it you know, more more readily available to, to more people. But yeah, to the terms that you, you mentioned and as as you kind of called out, they're, they're buzzwords these days, disinformation and misinformation. And they aren't the same thing. Um, disinformation is actually a word that stems from a Russian word, desinformatia, which was made popular more by Stalin. Um Ooh, he, my favorite. Yeah, he liked it because desin uh desinformatia sounded French. And he thought that just like added to the richness of disinformation is to think that it all came from the French. <laughs> But, well, I mean, he's maybe he's not totally wrong. Yeah, I mean I'm all I'm all about just a little bit of uh you know, a little bit of uh uh you know, getting on the French. But uh that being said, Stalin was really just looking to 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 shift blame and that was that was, you know, how it's it's been the the, the playbook for for Russian, you know, communist uh dictatorships and Russian communist, you know or or communist countries for you know, since they've been around and it's not even you know, it even goes older than that. It's it's propaganda. Because disinformation, comparison to misinformation, disinformation is intentional and purposeful uh, uh, perversions and and pollutions of information with the intended purpose to, you know, obscure the truth, Hmm. redefine the truth, um, limit the ability of individuals to intake information, and then process what fact is. Uh Or, you know, in some cases, people, people describe... The, the Russian model of the last, you know, decade is a fire hose of falsehoods. Hmm. So in a way, you know, their their goal in some cases isn't even necessarily to push specific narratives; it's to just a flood so ones. many incorrect narratives that it's impossible to actually figure out which one's true. Um, wow, I can see how that could be very effective. Yeah,
0: um, to especially to if you're polluting a masses with that level of disinformation. Um, everyone's going to pick what they believe to be right Mm -hmm. so then without even having to step into a country you've divided people against themselves um by presenting to them a bunch of incorrect information which is all still ain't like it's all still sourced from you so you can still determine what incorrect for information you want them to believe yep do would they like either russian model or just like how people use different disinformation do they present often two like opposing incorrect ideas so that like let's say like if it was like for like triggered at Americans, let's say yeah. one is incorrect information about we'll take political parties, like Democrats and then one inf- information that's incorrect about Republicans, so that one cr- group is more likely to believe one and the other. And so
1: now you're continuing to create a divide that already exists. Yeah, that's that's spot on, just so you know, like that is literally that was their approach in in a lot of ways to going back to like 2016 when they were trying to just obscure the decision space. And again, we're, we're taking we'll, we'll, we'll use you know Russia as example, um, and uh, and what their goals were back in the 2016 election to to just obscure that dis- decision space for Americans so that you have you have specific narratives that appear to be purported by the left or the right and you know each side has their own interpretation of what that message is you know how significant it is to them and then you know just obviously all of the the descent and all of the polarization that occurred as a result of that and you know they use very agile very um uh, what's the word i'm looking for uh just like easy quick startup models to get these things done There is uh you know famous kind of like internet cafe style uh organizations that operated in st petersburg um they're, they're kind of st petersburg troll farm but hmm. they would they would literally like hire like imagine if if you were like a college kid and you're like i want to make you know 20 bucks an hour and they say yeah. like, okay hey you go on you know you you learn enough english to go you know on to facebook create 10 15 20 false personas you know, go ahead, be a radical, you know, leftist, be a a radical, you know, right, right winger and, and just, just spew hatred, spew, you know, animosity, just create dissent and create polarization. And it was estimating a federal indictment that was given back. I want to say it was, it was, uh, 2016, maybe it was 2014. I I don't remember exactly. There was 13 Russian operatives that were indicted, as a, as a result of these specific operations. And it was estimated that one in three Americans at some point would have encountered a either social media message, you know, like Twitter. Because yeah. a lot of stuff, I mean, and it was, whether it was like the New York Times, whether it was, you know, Fox News, you know, the president, you'd have... High celebrities retweeting the work of what could have feasibly been a 21-year-old Russian college student who was just getting paid to make a really realistic-looking false persona. Um, That's terrifying. Yeah. And, you know, what's crazy is that um, lots of people rally behind that, you know, and lots of people don't even know... um, that they're you know they're falling free it may not always be conspiratorial again it's like you know some some things are crazy you got the you know people believe in the illuminati and you got mm-hmm. people believing in flat earth and all this other stuff but uh some of them are, are just a lot more palatable and you're like oh yeah i mean covid was filled with that and again foreign yeah. adversaries were were just hey this is this is a this is a an easy easy playing field for us where you can just purport different memes and, you know, different messages on online and and create obscurity so that people don't know what's fact and what's fiction Uh and they make decisions based off of their best guess because there's no real way to know, you know, when, when, especially for the people that are taking in a lot of their information through the news and social media and a lot of these outlets that are all the more, the more prone to, um, specific types of influence so huh. yeah
0: so that's disinformation what's mm-hmm. misinformation then
1: yeah, great yeah and misinformation is actually kind of the result of disinformation so misin or yeah sorry disinformation you know purposeful yeah. mm-hmm. um intended purpose, malicious intent misinformation is when um like you or and I you or I would encounter just false information. Okay. There, there's not necessarily malicious intent behind it. It's just, oh hey, um, maybe maybe you saw uh, you know a, a crow you know like just drop out of the sky and you're like ah oh, there's some weird bird disease going around. Mm-hmm. You know I yeah. literally just saw a, you know a bird just drop from the sky and you you go on whatever you know your favorite flavor of social media poison and post about it and then all of a sudden other people are worried that there's a bird flu or something yeah. like that and really it's just you just saw something funny and you you posted about it and now you've created misinformation you didn't mean to like yeah. freak it's people out malicious yep. intent mm-hmm.
0: so is that what like social media and things are going after when it says like th- this has been checked by independent independent fact checkers and found false
1: yeah both both are being uh, are being attempted to be resolved, I would say, quite ineffectively by by a lot of the, the leading uh, social media giants. They're not really doing... In fact, you know, Facebook's gotten in, in just oodles of trouble. Zuckerberg's gotten in oodles of trouble for just how um, willing their algorithms actually were to accept that kind of polarizing huh. stuff because it gets more likes, gets yeah. more shares, gets more comments. And what does that mean for them? More money because of more ads. Would... Do you
0: think that... Uh, this might be pushing it, but that some of these companies would also purposely label something as misinformation, even if it wasn't so that other people perceive it as misinformation in order to de- like oh, for sure. devalue like, something that actually is true.
1: Yeah, well, the one thing that people kind of sometimes forget is that these are private companies and their interests are not necessarily the interests of, in some cases, even America. You know, you think of Google. Google is... Um, based in the United States, but Google's interests are not like America's interests. You know, they're a global company. They want to make sure their, um, you know, that their foreign customers, you know, mm. are also that their needs and their stakeholder needs are being met. So you have competing interests for a lot of these, these tech giants where, you know, it may, it may make sense. They may try to kind of purport themselves as, oh yeah, we want to safeguard American elections, you know, keep them free from disinformation, misinformation, but keeping in mind that they may have competing interests that they're dealing with. And and some of it may not necessarily just be, you know, related to, to the dollar sign, although a lot of it probably is. Some of sure, it's going to yeah. be related to agendas too, you know. And Well, then it almost sounds like to me that they're trying to create an environment
0: around the information that they give to people um, or like, yeah, like create their own worldview, their own perception or like their own world of perceptions so that anyone who receives information is according to their definition. Um, And that that's probably like a very like layered, like tactic of how to use information in a way to influence people so that I just think about inception. Yeah. Right. If you haven't seen the movie inception it's basically how to plant an idea in someone's mind to the point where they believe it's their own idea Mm -hmm. um, so that they don't feel like they're being influenced by someone else. Yeah. I feel like that would certainly be an ultimate goal of disinformation is to plant an idea in someone that they eventually come to believe is their own original idea and so that they don't believe they're being influenced by anyone anymore. And that it's their own reasoned out conclusion when in fact they've just been almost brainwashed into believing something.
1: Yeah. You, you that's like on the nose and, and you just teed up some very like other, some other interesting terms that I'll just sort of throw on the table here for the sake of kind of learning. And a lot of these terms I kind of bring in just from my experience, I, I do work um, in research related to a lot of these issues as a, as a consultant. Um, but one term that you kind of started uh, just a minute or so ago on was this idea of like an environment, an information environment, which in my world is an actual thing. Um, oh, wow. Uh, that the idea of an information environment is, it describes the, the, uh, the kind of almost infinite process of, of information um, sharing and 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 what we do with it and how it's transmitted and what we how we how we perceive it how we think um, and you, you even said layered layered approach well the the information environment according to kind of like the the, the doctrine and policy that that I'm I'm accustomed to is divided into three layers there's a, a a cognitive layer to the information environment and that's can be best described as how we process information so it's it's your brain mm. and how you process information. So that's going to be different for each individual. It's going to be different for each individual. Cognition also applies these days to AI and machine learning too. And that's where you have, you know, chat GPT and some of these yeah, yeah. these bigger AI models. And the cognitive function would also apply to how those machines are processing, processing information. Info. It, 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 you could describe it as like the the amount of time it takes a calculator when you punch in 2 plus 2. That, you know, whatever billionth of a second that it takes the calculator to, to, to process that. That's cog, cognition. Okay. Like we always think cognition in relation to like our own Human brains. Brain. but It's just, it's just the, the act of processing information. Okay. Then you have informational, which is the... More relates to like the modes and means of how information is transmitted. So you know, going back into the you know the 1700s, it was books and yeah. and, and newspapers. It was Common Sense from Thomas Paine. You know all these cool things that that, that we can read about in history books. Nowadays, it's all of that. It's all you know, print and and everything and and uh, and video, but also social media as well, of course. And that's you know the most readily available and uh, uh, most you know most uh what's the word i'm looking for pervasive yeah um elements of of the information environment in terms of informational because then that's the second layer the third layer is physical so the physical means that anything that you and i do affects cognition and affects information so okay so you know you uh if, if um we just had a bunch of balloons uh chinese balloons fly over the united states yeah, as a physical yeah. activity that occurred it was just their new year's party okay? it's, just, <laughs> it's just, <gosh. laughs> Yeah, it was it was pure. Yeah, it was just it was just really
0: just a couple months. bunch late. of
1: Chinese lanterns or, or what are they called? Like yeah. things, yeah. yeah, the Chinese yeah. lanterns. They just they a, a really couple pretty.
0: Months to get here from their New Year. Okay, <laughs> everyone's getting all all hot and heavy that they're spying on us. They're just celebrating their New Year. Gosh, <laughs> um. this is like the
1: year of the dragon or something. I don't know. It feels like it's always the year of the dragon. <laughs> whatever whatever animal represents spying, that's the year of it. Um. Yep. So yeah, but that's a like that's a physical activity. But what did it do? Probably chicken. cognition. We'll talk about how it affect the cognitive layer. Everybody's kind of freaking out about it, like you just said. Like so, we're all it's all affecting our perceptions of like what are they trying to do? Informational. Mm-hmm. It, it dominated the media for a yeah. solid three weeks. You know, whether it's social media or news, it's it's captivating. So so the whole point in the the three layers of the information environment cognitive, informational, and physical is that they're all interdependent and that they yeah. all affect each other. Um, yeah, that so, makes sense. So it's really it's hard to kind of reduce it to any layer mm-hmm. because they're all interdependent, but each just has, has its, own, its own... Yeah, that makes
0: sense. Like The more something is hyped on the information level, the more you're cognitively going to be thinking about it, and then you're probably going to react physically oh, yeah. in a way yep. that then increases what other people think is important because like, oh, if I see you re- reacting to this, it must be important. So now their information is going higher, and then they're going to be thinking about it more and it's going to keep on cycling. Yep. So if you can push a narrative enough... Like, to a point, I feel like you can push a narrative, keep on pushing, 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 and then once enough people have bit, like, then you can just step away and just, like, kind of watch the world That is exactly it. Um, And then, then, the farther you look like you're from the situation, you can say, like, well, I'm not to blame, this is all you. Um, Yep. So, and then, eventually, people will forget where the source of it was from, uh, and then they just kind of all think that it's, like, each other, or
1: it's all about themselves what i'm hearing sam is i should i should hire you on a my <laughs> consultant because you seem to get these issues better than a lot of people do because like what you just described then is like is the is the information like the 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 segmentation of like networks that occurs and i'll try to avoid using too much terminology but like that is exactly what happens and I, and getting back to you know a lot of again my a lot of my work relates to just trying to understand you know things from a national security perspective or, or kind of a you know homeland security perspective um but we we're a target-rich environment here in the United States because you can just think of this. I gave this analogy um, recently to someone. If you if you were standing in the middle of a uh, a football field and on on one side of the you know one side of the end zone you have ten people who are all shouting in unison mm-hmm. you know the same chant yeah and you have on the other the other end zone you have ten people who are all shouting different things they're just shouting whatever they want you in the center of that field you're gonna hear. What the unified voices are saying. Yeah. So there's there. So whether or not it's true, what they're saying, that's what you're going to hear, and more than likely, that's what's going to influence you. Yeah. So here mm. in this country, we thankfully have freedom of speech, and we have you know the freedom freedom of, of religion, and all these things that make America what it is. Um. That that you know, and you you could be free to be an idiot if you want, even if it's stupid to be an idiot. You're you're free to be one. Um. And let's go. Yeah. <laughs> It's good, good for people like me, I guess. But uh, uh, you know, in other countries, you you don't have that liberty to be an idiot. Yeah. And if you if you're living, you know, under in the in the PRC under the the rule of the uh, the CCP, then you which is People's Republic of China, by the yes. way, and the Communist Chinese, Chinese communist, communist Party, Party. Yeah. exactly, exactly. So for those people if you want to succeed, when you say ABC, LGBT,
0: <laughs> QRS, TUV, like you know, what I mean? different
1: different acronyms, but yeah, yeah. so it's, I get what you're saying. Um, but, but in, in, in the, in China, if you want to succeed, if you, if you're a business owner and you want to succeed, you better fall in line with what the Chinese communist party, you know, uh, promotes. If if you want to get married, um, if you want to take out a loan, um, there, there's such thing as a social credit score in China. So you better, you know, whether it's on your social media or what you're doing, all these patterns of life that you end up developing and then are captured because of the internet of things where it's whether it's social media or it's, you know again our phones people freak out about like you know the idea of somehow you know people are trying to put chips in us yeah but your phone it gives oh, infinitely yeah. more data than any <laughs> tiny chip will ever give to anyone so so then but, would a, like
0: so thinking think about that football analogy and like you said that like china's even though they're wrong they're still united that like would a purpose then of like this information be like to get us to the of to be become the one end zone where everyone's so different Mm -hmm. that we just see something that is united and we just cling to that because at least it looks like together Yeah, no matter what it is. We'll just believe it. We'll just, we'll take it because at least it's not disunifying both. It's Um, both
1: that, that we're, we're more readily willing to cling to something, but also we're, we're, we're less willing to work together. Huh? Um, because because you know if, so if it's get us on both ends yes yeah so they we, we we kind of all want this this thing but we all will disagree to get in, in what it means to get there and so we'll fight internally about that
0: so so on that then i want to go into what you said about disagreeing then like what are we supposed to do with that so like we're talking this podcast is supposed to be about the transcendentals right mm-hmm. and they are all objective mm-hmm. right there's yep. objective goodness, objective beauty, and I think today we're mainly going to be focusing on objective truth, um, how do we in our lives respond to with an objective worldview, an objective truth, uh, what we know to be objective information, objective, objective reality, um, but to a point that it's still maybe, I don't know, can still foster conversation. Because mm. I think, unfortunately, like the Christian worldview is just perceived as archaic and like it is not caught up to the information era. Yeah. So you have no position to talk. Hmm. Um Whereas we're, and like also, you know, you're not, op- you're you're not open. Your mind's not open to receive new things. Um So you're all closed off. And the problem with that, I think is that in Christians, maybe in a desire to dialogue, end up actually suppressing what they actually believe or downplaying the truth of their faith in order to dialogue. Hmm. Um, And I think dialogue is really important because you can't come to what Aristotle says. It's truth is a median. Um, You can't come to a meeting with someone else if you don't even begin a conversation, but you still have to hold what you believe. So what's at, what's at stake in this for us and how are we supposed to respond? Um, or, Or what are, what are good tactics or tools about like our approach that you think we should, we should take?
1: Oh Yeah. And and I'll, I'll kind of pull pull on a thread of something you mentioned earlier too, which is, uh, um, so so or a couple things that you said actually, because you you mentioned a couple things in that last bit too, it was useful. But um, one is worldview, which is what you touched upon, and and at the end at the end the goal, these 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 competitions that are existing between nations all come back to worldview. Their worldviews in conflict. Mm. So. Uh, you know, our our nation, you know, is based historically in Judeo Christian principles. Yeah. Other nations are based um, in you know uh, Confucianism or Taoism, um, and and you know we we here have we have our value and virtue system. It's been eroded and continues to be eroded, but that is where that is our memory and our identity. So so that's where we draw our value system and our beliefs. And you know, as as Christians, you, you, you know, you and I would say. We, we don't just think those are like nice things that we, that we, yeah. we we're yeah. like, Oh yeah, these are our favorite value system. This is our hmm. favorite value system. You, you know, it's, it's fine for atheistic communism. That's a perfectly equal value. system it's not, it's just not, you know, it, it, it is against human flourishing and it's against, um, what, what will lead, you know, people to happiness and to peace and contentment and ultimately to Christ here, you know, and we imperfectly, you know, live out. You know, not only imperfectly as individuals, very imperfectly at this point as a nation. You know, our Judeo-Christian principles that we we came from, and that's really what's at stake here. Yeah. Is the identity of a nation that was born out of, mm. um, of out of that, uh, that culture of of uh, Judeo-Christianity, um, and it's something that we are, at this point, we are like you said, we're we're so. Um, Reticent to sort of sort of like shake off like like dust from our feet like mm-hmm. ah it's just it's it's you know the old folks you know that that still yeah, believe yeah. in that um, so that's what's at stake here um, and in terms of you know what it means for us I think it's just useful for Christians to realize um, that you know when we get caught up in fighting with each other to your point like it's good to engage in dialogue yeah when we, when we get caught up in fighting with each other though and we're we're unable to engage in wholesome dialogue with people of different mm-hmm. worldviews a lot of that is being affected affected and driven um by narratives that are being purported by adversarial nations and i just think it's important for people to 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 realize and think that your cogn your the way you process information your cognition again you you process information based off of the information that you already have Mm -hmm. so if you're intaking crap information you're going to produce crap attitudes and crap behaviors Mm. so um Here in this country, our policy and doctrine, from a national security perspective, is postured to you know when we we go to you know the Middle East or when we engage with foreign foreign uh, you know nations and our our policy is such that we 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 don't necessarily try to affect cognition. That's not our goal. We try to provide information, and this is this is like like strategic policy. Like we, we provide information. We're not like attacking. Uh, the cognition of another population okay but like the like the the Chinese specifically their doctrine and their policy is posh, postured to attack your cognition okay. so like if you if you read if you if you translate and I've gotten to do some of this this work you know their policy versus our policy and did a little comparison theirs is about affecting your cognition whereas again ours is about affecting the information that you have at your disposal hmm. that's that's the difference um so then for us
0: like who we might not know how to discern all of this stuff is just are you saying that we need to be a little bit more wary of things and just and trust what we know to be true um and then maybe i don't suspicious i feel like is kind of a strong word Mm. but um cautious like prudently cautious of other things we get and not i don't know not uh just engage in dialogue and conversation for the sake of it but Mm. like but but truly like, if we have – like you said, if you receive something garbage, you're going to give it garbage. Like, you really need to be firm in what you know and what you believe. So, like, like have sources of information that you actually, like, can trust to be objective, um, which ultimately is the
1: word of God and revelation mm-hmm. uh, and what the church teaches um, – yeah, that's why I, what I would would say not to, not to cut you off, but like I think there's a calling in this amidst this information competition. This again, the worldviews and conflict. There's there's a there's a, a calling in this day and age for evangelism. Um, it's not something to sit idly on the sidelines by. Hmm. Uh, I do know. I think I think there's something to be said about not not diving into the muck of social media, not diving into the you know burying yourself in news and media because that tends to lead people towards more frustration, more confusion. And and recognizing that there's a difference between Father Mike Schmitz talks about this between your your sphere of influence and your sphere of interest. Yeah. So yeah. there there are there are there are adversaries. There's companies in this country that are trying to affect and to distract your sphere of interest. Hmm. They're trying to keep that as confusing as possible, so that you don't actually look at yourself and say, hey, well my sphere of influence is my next door neighbor.
0: Yeah. I yeah. should
1: I shouldn't be worried about this or that policy. I shouldn't be worried about this or that international you know development. And again, that's not to say that we should just bury our heads in the sand. No. But true. remembering that we don't have control over many of those things. Mm-hmm. So it's much more prudent to to stay focused on like how can I evangelize, how can I, you know, better our community right here, better my church you know, better my friendships, better my family. Um, And that's your sphere of interest or your sphere of interest should, should mirror your sphere of influence. Um, And we should, we should learn to kind of harness that because you can get so caught up in the news. And this is, I mean, some of this is just stating the obvious people, some people get so caught up in the news, in politics, who's running for office, who got this, who's got that. Like if you just, if you just figured out how much time you spent your day doing that versus how much time maybe you, 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 tried to just read, you know, read the Bible, you know, oh, not, not, yeah, yeah <laughs> pray, you know, pray, pray that things get better instead of reading another CNN article, instead of reading another Fox news article, you know, pray about it, yeah. you know, or, you know, again, just, just try to find those things that you can affect. Cause the, yeah, there are, there are nations out there and there are, you know, there are groups with agendas in this country, um, and elsewhere that are trying to distract you and take, take you away from staying on mission. And I think as Christians, You know, getting back to what was sort of the the key takeaway that I would want to give, you know, to people listening is that disinformation, misinformation can pollute, pervert, redefine, and then and then ultimately um, just evolve in the the wrong sort of way or devolve our understandings of what beauty, truth and goodness are. Um, So we should just we should be aware of that. And because of that, we should, we should avoid, you know, I personally think just get off social media. There's really no point. I know we're listening to a podcast, which is cool, but like, you know, for the most part, people should just get off of social media yeah. and read the Bible and talk to their neighbors. That's what made this country great. You're talking mm. about make America great again. Yeah, Talk to your neighbor, yeah. you know, um, yeah. get off, get off Facebook, you know, whatever it takes. Cause that's, that's really where, where we as a nation and as Christians too, getting back to those JJ Christian principles. That's, that's a lot of what Alexis de Tocqueville would have talked about yeah. Yeah. was that our, our nation, um, what made our, our country great was our our you know love thy neighbor as thyself. Know yeah. your
0: neighbor, not know about your neighbor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't
1: complain about your neighbor. That's, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know enough to complain about my neighbor. You know, no, no. yeah. Like you should know you should know your neighbor enough to to
0: and let yourself be known too. Mm. I think that's like just to close up. I think that's one of the the like the greatest traps of social media mm. is to let people know you according to how you want to define yourself um, mm. and not how you truly are. And so, in a sense, you're actually creating your own misinformation. You might not want to uh, call it that, but when all you post is, like, the great times, or all you post is, like, all of these things that, like, just look best about you, there's actually misinformation of your reality, Hmm. because who you really are also has struggles, or who you are, like, maybe has relationship issues, or maybe you have, like, anxiety or depression, uh, that you have created now a misinformation and a narrative for yourself that other people are then going to believe. Yeah. Um, and, and you, you what,
1: won't know even what damage that could be doing, you know? Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, or, exactly to them. Cause yeah. if they perceive that, they might be thinking that, you know, man, this person, like they got it all together yep. and they be thinking negatively about your, themselves yep. um or they're judging you and they're <laughs> thinking like wow look, the, the selfish jerk yeah um like they're arrogant they think only about themselves and like what it inversely does to yourself mm. is like when you're constantly putting up a fake persona like um uh, i forget who said this but like if like if eventually the fake persona becomes our actual persona um so that mm. w- who we are then be Becomes fake we don't have fakery. We are fake. Yeah, um, and that's just the whole danger of so Then live in truth live mm-hmm. in reality um, Be aware of these things that are coming to us to dissuade us to change our the way we think the way we uh, process the way we present information um, but fundamentally uh, Look to your like no. I mean Above the archway to entrance of Plato's school, it says, know yourself, mm. right? And I think that's probably one of the best ways we can counter disinformation misinformation is to truly know ourselves yeah. and know who we are in, in God. Yeah. Because um, if, if we know that...
1: Know, yeah, if we know our identity in Christ, then...
0: That's that really yep. is all that matters. No worldview from someone else is going to change that. Yep. Like we we have our worldview, which is a son and daughter of God, beloved by the King. Yep. Uh, and if a worldview comes along that challenges that, we know it's wrong. Yep. We just do. So
1: I I that's a great way to close.
0: So. And
1: yeah, cool,
0: sweet. Well, thank you all for uh, joining us today. Um, thanks for hanging on a little bit longer. Um, and if you're, if you don't end up getting off social media, um, please follow us on Instagram. Um, uh, I make all the graphics for it. Exactly. So now you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty horrible at that stuff. (laughs) Um, so Tom gets the credit. Um, also, uh, please, uh, like and follow us. Um, and. If you would, uh, please rate us on Spotify. Uh, that increases our influence. Um, we want to create a good sphere of influence, not a bad one. let And spread actual information instead of misinformation. Yeah. So share, uh, like, uh, and follow. Uh, thank you all. Have a God-blessed day, and take care.
1: Jesus loves you. Adios. Bye.